church. Oh, name above all names, he is blessed redeemer. Emmanuel is the rescue. He's the rescue for sinners and the ransom, the ransom from heaven. He is, oh, Jesus, Messiah, oh, Lord of all, amen. Amazing. 
happy, happy, happy Easter. No response. <laughs> happy Easter. Just look around and say to somebody, happy Easter, right? Uh, we are so thankful that you are, are here with us today. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever might believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. He is alive, and he lives that you might live in him. And more than anything today, I just pray you know God loves you. Welcome to Island Community Church. I'm Barrett, one of the pastors here, and we are so thankful to have all of you this morning to choose to come and worship with us today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. We just pray that you would feel at home with us today and that you would feel the love of God uh, today as you worship with us. This is Michelle and our little girl, Caroline. Welcome to you guys, and whether you're here for the first time or for the 500th time, we're so glad that you're here with us this morning. We know that there's a lot of people here who may be not from Memphis. We personally have a lot of those here with us this morning for baby dedication, um, but if you are local or if you are from thousands of miles away, we're, we're grateful that you're here with us, that you're choosing to worship with us this morning, and we hope that you feel at home. We hope that you feel loved by us and by the love of our Savior who gave his life and rose again on this day so many years ago. So um, we are grateful and we love you and we thank you for being with us. Prettiest girls on the side of Mississippi. Uh, I have the mic. I get to say that. I know all of you would say that about your own if, if you have somebody with you. Um, if you will, do a favor. This is one of the most fun parts of Easter Sundays and every Sunday. Stand and welcome those around you. Give a big happy Easter, a big hug. Tell them how good they look. They look great. Tell them. Okay, you all may be seated now. Thank you. So good morning again and happy Easter to everyone. I'm Lakita Caven and I'm the director of our children's ministry here at ICC. And we are so happy to have these parents and wonderful, precious babies with us this morning. 
And I cannot think of a better way to celebrate Easter than by committing our children into the care of the Lord. And we're going to be doing that this morning with a baby dedication. You can see in scripture in 1 Samuel, you'll see a place where um, Hannah dedicates her son to the Lord. You see it in Luke when Joseph and Mary bring Jesus to the synagogue, to the temple, to dedicate him to the Lord. And this is exactly what we're doing here today. This is by no means, and these parents know this, and our church should know this, this is by no means claiming salvation for these kiddos. But what it is, is it's a day of a commitment for these parents and these families to commit their kids to the Lord and commit their parenting towards guiding their kids to know and to share in the love of Christ in their home. So I'm so excited for this day. We've got some great kids. I think we may have the cutest kids we've ever had. Uh, I say that every time. Don't worry, past parents. Don't worry. Um, but up first, we have uh, Nathan and Megan Glasky, and this is Miles Afton. And so I'm just going to ask Nathan and, and Megan a, a question and just respond by we do as a commitment for Miles, okay? Do you, Nathan and Megan, commit with God's help and in partnership with the church to provide Miles a Christian home where love and peace are modeled? to raise Miles in the truth of our Lord's instruction and discipline and to encourage him to one day trust Jesus Christ as his Savior and Lord. We do. I'm going to ask you all the same question, Barrett Michelle. Barrett Michelle, do you commit with God's help and in partnership with the church to provide Caroline a Christian home where love and peace are modeled to raise Caroline in the truth of our Lord's instruction and discipline and to encourage her to one day trust Jesus Christ as her Savior and Lord. Can I get the families of the Glaskies and the Bowdens to also stand at this time? And I'm going to ask you a question as an extended family. Do you, as families of these parents and these children, commit to make your partnership with them in everything that you do a model and an example of Christ so that these children and these parents can be encouraged, can be shown an example of who Jesus is in their life. Answer by saying we do. Can I get the whole church at this point to now stand? <laughs> because one thing that we know, and this isn't scripture, but I think it's true. It's an old saying that it takes a village to raise a kid, right? And what we know is this place is a huge community of believers that gather together as family. So I'm going to ask the whole church as, as a family together um, this question. So that Miles and Caroline may walk in the abundant life that Christ offers, do you as ICC commit through God's help to be faithful in your calling as members of the body of Christ, to help those standing before you to be faithful to God and to help teach and train these children in the ways of the Lord so that they might one day trust in him as Savior and Lord? Respond by saying we do. we do. Amen. One scripture and, and we'll go. This is so pertinent and I just pray this over you guys today. It's in Deuteronomy 6, it's verses 4 through 8. It says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be upon your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. 
that's my prayer for you guys today. We have some Bibles for you as well as certificates to commemorate this day. We're so thankful for you as parents and your children today. And Lakita's going to spend a time, we're going to spend a time in prayer over these kids. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this wonderful day, a special day in the lives of Christians, Lord, a day that we remember, commemorate, and reflect upon the death, burial, and resurrection of your Son, our Savior, Jesus. Lord, we're just so thankful that through him we get to have rebirth and new life free from the bondage of sin. And Lord, we give special thanks today for these parents and these precious babies, Lord. We're just so thankful that the parents have chosen to honor you through this dedication and to commit their children into your care. Father, we just pray that the parents would constantly seek your guidance as they raise their children, Lord. And it is our hope and our prayer that one day little Caroline and little Miles would come to know you. We just pray a special blessing over their lives right now, Lord. And this we pray in your son Jesus' name.
just because you live. O risen Savior, a glorious King, you've risen up from the grave, promising to us new life who are in you. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you today. Be honored, be glorified in this place. Amen. Church, y'all be seated. again. Um, it has been an awesome day together already, and I'm thankful to continue in our worship together as we go to God's Word. Easter is just like the greatest day of the year as believers. Um, Easter is just awesome, and it's not because of the little bunny rabbits. Um, it's not necessarily because of all the colorful eggs. Um, and the teddy bears. Um, it's not because of the great meal that you might eat or may not eat this afternoon. Um, it's not even because of Panera Bread. <laughs> but anybody say amen for that, right? Uh, my mama said, Jesus said that uh, man should not live on bread alone, but we could sure die trying, you know? So it's just a joke. I, nobody quote me on that. But anyway, uh, Panera Bread, it's not even because of the, the cool photo booth that Easter is great, although that's awesome. I did like a selfie stick this morning. It was just cool. Um, if you haven't had your photo taken, you're welcome to go do that. But you know why Easter is great? It's because of the new life of Jesus Christ. Easter is great because Jesus is alive. 
And that is what Easter is about. And man, oh man, it is awesome to be together today as believers to celebrate the fact that Jesus is alive. It's cool that we have baby dedications earlier, and especially cool because my little girl Caroline was there. Um, But it was cool just to be a dad for a minute. Um, But man, signifying new life. God is a giver of new life. It's awesome. Look at the babies, and you can just see that God is a creator and giver of new life. Later today, we're going to be celebrating with baptisms. And I'm so excited that we are celebrating with baptisms on Easter Sunday. You want to know why? Because baptism is a celebration of new life. Not just new physical life that God creates and gives, but new spiritual life that God creates and gives. God is a God of new life. And above all on Easter, here's what we celebrate. We celebrate that God rose from the dead. He rose to newness of life. That we might have the opportunity to walk in newness of life. Indeed, you came this morning knowing what I was going to tell you. You came to hear something. And it's what we do every Easter Sunday. And if you're visiting with us, we're going to just welcome you. We're so glad that you're here. Maybe you didn't know what I was going to tell you, but a lot of people did because they kind of get the gist of what Easter is about. You came expecting to hear something, and I'm just going to go ahead and let you have fulfilled expectations. (laughs) He is risen. He, some of you went to that church growing up. You just said he is risen indeed. I don't even know what that's about. For those of you sitting around that person who just said something back to me, it's okay. They're going to be fine. He is risen. See, I don't know, but there it was again. But it's the absolute reality is that God has triumphed over sin, has triumphed over Satan, has triumphed over death and the grave. He is alive. He rose to new life. You can clap. That's good. You know, I'm all about that. But... I hope your heart is clapping because it is a wonderful reality that God took on our sin. He took on our brokenness. He took on our burdens. He went to the cross with it to pay the price in full. And there he satisfied the wrath of God. He paid the penalty for our sin. He said on the cross, it is finished. The work was completed. He had to die because you and I had to die if sin was to be paid. He didn't deserve to die, but he was willing to die so that we could live. And on the cross, he said, it is finished. And he went to the grave. And then we see in Matthew 28, if you have your Bibles today, maybe this is a familiar narrative to you. Maybe it's new this morning, but regardless, we see Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. Jesus crucified. He's been in the grave now, start of the morning, the third day. And it says here in Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, behold, there it went away. Behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone. And he sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothing was white as snow. And for fear of him, 
the guards trembled and they became like dead men. Verse five, but then the angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has risen just as he said. Come, come quickly, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I've told you. In other words, I love that verse. He's not here. Did you come thinking you were going to find Jesus dead in the tomb? I got good news for you on this Easter Sunday. He's not dead anymore. He's not there. He's not here for he has risen just as he told you. He's alive. He's finished the work of paying for your sin. He's finished the work of providing your salvation. And he has put it away. And now three days later, he's not here. He is alive. This is the awesome gospel that we proclaim. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Just a few books over. If you want to flip there, you're welcome. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Indeed, this is the gospel that we proclaim. Paul says here in chapter 15. Now I would remind you, brothers, starting in verse 1, of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received and in which you stand and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word that I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. This is the gospel that we preach, friends. This is the gospel that I proclaim to you, that Jesus Christ was crucified on a cross like the one we have here. He was crucified for sin. For your sin and mine, he was buried, but then three days later, he rose to new life that you might have life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever might believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. This is great news. (laughs) This is Easter news. And it's why we're here to celebrate. For the last four weeks, if you've been a part of the church, concluding today, we've been in this series called Encounter the Living Jesus. And what we've done week after week, uh, my heart has been to help you realize that this is more than just something in your head that you need to, to understand, but this isn't something in your heart that you need to believe. And what we've been doing is we've been looking at four of the people who encountered Jesus after he rose from the dead. Some of you who are here might remember who they are. We... I think there's going to be a list on the screen just in case, uh, but I know you probably remember. Um, First, we looked at Mary. We looked at Mary Magdalene. We saw that through her story, she realized and came to great assurance that 
all of the hope, all of the promises, all of the future that Jesus had spoken to his disciples and had spoken to her, all of it, there's certainty to it. There's confidence in it. You see, she went to the tomb wondering if this Jesus who she had given her life to follow was really the son of God. If the promises that he had made could truly be true. If the hope that he had offered was real and stable, secure for her to place her trust in. If the future that he described would truly come to pass. And there at the tomb, she didn't find Jesus in the grave. She found Jesus alive and met him face to face. And because she encountered the living Jesus, she was filled with faith and assurance that he is who he says he is. The promises that he makes, he can keep. The things that he says are true. And the future that he offers us is real and it will come to pass. Amen. Secondly, we looked at Thomas. We saw in Thomas, much like in ourselves, doubt skepticism. Is this really, is this really the son of God? Is this really the Christ? Is this really the, the only way, truth and life? Is it, is it really him? Wondering, needing proof, wanting objective evidence. And one of the things that we see in the scriptures is that when Jesus meets Thomas, we see that through his resurrection, he understands our doubt because he offers himself to Thomas. He says, come Thomas, see, it's me. Put your hands here in my nail scarred hands. Put your hands here in my pierced side. It is really me, Thomas. He understands our doubts. He understands. He can handle those questions, but he wants you to see that it's him. And he confronts our doubts to make sure that we don't stay in the place of unbelief, but rather that we move to a place of full faith and assurance that he is the Christ. He is the son of the living God. And we see Thomas fall to his face with great certainty, having his questions answered and knowing. Listen, if you see somebody die and see him come back to life and they stand before you face to face, you think you would know? Yeah, I think I would know. Thomas knew and he bowed his head. He fell on his face in worship and he says, my Lord and my God, forever worshiping King Jesus. We saw the story of Peter. Peter, bumbling over himself constantly. Peter, the last time that he saw Jesus stuck in his sin, denying Jesus three times. Peter, wondering if there could ever be forgiveness. Nobody knows the darkness of my heart. Nobody knows the shame of my life. Nobody knows the brokenness of my situation. Peter, who saw the Lord look at him in his eyes after the third denial and the rooster crowed. Peter, stuck in his sin and his darkness and his shame. Seeing the Lord Jesus, who he had betrayed, crucified. Wondering if there would ever be grace, if there would ever be forgiveness, if there would ever be restoration. Returning back to his fishing boat. But we see that when he met the living Jesus, Jesus came to Peter. And Jesus offered to Peter new beginning. 
what we learn is that because Jesus lives, the last time we see him is not when we're in sin, but it's when he's offering us grace and forgiveness and restoration and hope. Amen? Because Jesus rose from the dead, he can save us. He can forgive us. He's willing and he's able. He can redeem us and restore us back to God. He knows everything that you've done. He was watching when you did it. That's why he went to the cross. That's why he was buried to put it away. And that's why he rose again to newness of life that he might come to you like Peter and say, do you love me? Do you love me? Because I sure do love you. Will you believe me? Will you receive from me? When we encounter the resurrected and living Jesus, there's redemption and restoration. Amen? And then fourth, last week we saw Paul. Paul. Paul, a persecutor of Christians. A hater of Jesus and those who follow Jesus. Paul, a religious zealot who became like a martyr, a terrorist. Paul who was so hell-bent about destroying Christianity on his way to Damascus to kill more Christians because he was so convinced that Jesus was absolutely foolish, that it was absolutely crazy to follow him, and indeed it was a threat not only to their society but to our world. And yet Paul, there on the road to Damascus, encounters the living Jesus, Jesus risen from the dead, Why are you persecuting me? And there, Paul's life was radically changed. Because when you meet the living Jesus, you cannot stay the same. Everything changes. His whole life completely turned around. And what he realized, listen, if you see Jesus die and then rise again, I think you might believe him. I think you might start like... You know, especially when you get blinded, you might start not opposing him, but rather following him. And Paul's perhaps one of the greatest witnesses and testimonies of the resurrection of Jesus because Paul gave his, the rest of his life from that point forward. People couldn't believe it. Is this Paul who was killing Christians who's been lambasting Jesus? Oh, yes, it's Paul. What happened to Paul? He met the living Jesus. And his whole life was completely redefined. His whole mission, his whole purpose completely redefined. And forever and forever, he even went to his own death saying, Jesus forgives sins. Jesus is the way. Come to Jesus. He loves you. Oh, come to Jesus. He gave his life for you. He rose that you might have life. Paul lived to testify to the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What do these four people tell you? Mary, Thomas, Peter, Paul. They tell us that Jesus is alive. And they also tell us that when you meet him, you are changed forever. Because he lives and he wants to live in you. Well, you might be asking this morning, well, my word, Barrett, this has been a great series. I'm sure that's what you're thinking. This is such dynamic and engaging teaching. I've never heard such... Just kidding. Kind of. 
you think, well, what, how could it possibly get better? You know, you said there were five people in this series and, and we've got four of them. So let's go, Barrett. Was that your intro? Because that was a long intro. Well, the answer to that, both those questions is yes. But it's not going to take me much longer. There's a fifth person that I want to introduce you to today. A fifth person who also encounters the living Jesus. And this person I want you to pay close attention to because I think at this juncture, you have everything to learn. And you have to really listen and respond. The fifth person is this. It's you. You. Yeah. Just like Mary. Just like Thomas. Just like Peter. Just like Paul. You know what? Jesus is still alive today. He's still alive. He said, just as I have ascended, they saw him ascend, he will descend. And guess what? Nothing has happened to him between then and now. He's still alive. He lives today. And do you know what? He comes to you. And I'm wondering this morning what that encounter looks like. And ultimately, perhaps you are the one to decide. You encounter the living Jesus today. See, it's been a passion and a burden of mine in this series to help you realize that like what we looked at in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, when we talk about this gospel that's been passed on to us, that he died for sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried according to the scriptures, and he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Listen, my passion has been, and I'm talking to you just as a friend, if we had a couple Starbucks today, I would just sit down with you. I wish I could do that with all of you. If you give me enough time, I would. But you're probably going to go to lunch. But I'd say the same thing to you if we're sitting personally. I want to make sure that you know that these are not just historical facts to appreciate. That these are not just, oh yeah, that happened. And we understand it like in our head. Some of us even believe that it's true and it really happened. But this gospel that is true and is historical and is rooted in things that you can intellectually understand. This gospel doesn't, it's not meant to live just in your head. It's meant to live in your heart and it's meant to live in your life. This precious reality of Christ crucified for sin, buried and risen on the third day is the hope of your life and your whole heart all of your mind, soul, heart, strength needs to be given over to the Lord Jesus because you're not giving yourself to words on a page. You're giving yourself to a king who is alive, a savior who lives, a God who is here today and wants to know you in a personal way. This is God and he's here and he wants a relationship with you. 
I've been week after week just pleading that this night might not be an intellectual exercise, but rather an experience of our life. So many people, and you might even be here today, and I don't know your heart. Only you know you. Only you know you. But so many people approach Easter and all of this in Scripture so academically. But Jesus begs you, invites you, implores to you to come to him personally. Come personally. Come personally. This guy named Robert Dale, one of Britain's leading congregational pastors and theologians, is one day getting ready for his Easter sermon, and I read about it a few weeks ago, and I thought it was so interesting because I was like, well, that's me. Getting ready for his Easter sermon. He had prepared how many Easter sermons the pastors prepare. We spend pretty much 364 days of the year getting ready for Easter. I'm just kidding. I've only spent a week. Maybe two. Um, But he said he was preparing for Easter. And he said one day he was reading about all this stuff, all of this resurrection, and he dropped his pen. And he sat there at his desk and he thought, Christ is alive. 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 Could it really be? Like he's living today? Like I'm alive today? I'm, I'm a, I'm, I know I'm alive. Christ is alive. And he said, he began circling his desk just saying, Christ is alive. Christ is alive. Christ is alive. And he just ended up erupting and singing. But something that he had known his whole life, something that he had even taught, something that he had intellectually understood at that moment became personal to him, became real to him, became experiential to him, such that it hit him for the first time that Jesus is really alive. And because he's alive, it changes everything. And he says from that day forward, he preached in every sermon, Jesus is alive. He stands ready to receive you. He's alive. His whole life and his whole ministry was forever changed because he realized in a personal way that Jesus lived and he lived that we might live in him. You know what that tells me? That tells me that there are a lot of people in this room, myself included, who could be in a place where you understand it intellectually, where you've heard it your whole life, but you've never experienced it in a real, personal, and saving way. But that's the whole point, isn't it? The whole point of Jesus coming, of him dying for our sin, of him going to the grave, of him coming back to life, is that we might know him in a personal way. That's why in John 17... Jesus prays, this is eternal life. What's eternal life? Going to heaven? Going to be with our loved ones? Being reunited, enjoying bliss forever? No, this is eternal life that you might know the living God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. It's the whole reason for the gospel. That's why the gospel is called good news. Over, over in scripture, we see this. There's going to be some scriptures that come up on the screen. I want you to just look 
at the emphasis on you. Acts chapter four, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nathers, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead by him, this man is standing before you as well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation under no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Next, 1 Peter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through the faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Next, Romans chapter 6, verse 4. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For we, if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. 1 Corinthians 15, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. But if you, if in Christ we have hope, excuse me, in this life, we are of all people most to be pitied. Romans 10, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. John chapter 11, we'll land here. Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet he shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And then he asks the question that needs to be asked of you. And he stands alive today asking the same question. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? It's a great deal There's a great gap between things that you know in your head and things that you experience in your life. I'll never forget before Caroline was born, we got pregnant with Caroline. I say we, it was mainly Michelle that did the work. (laughs) I stood by her side, but that is a, that's a, that's an act of love um, to carry a baby. And so I shouldn't say we, maybe Michelle was pregnant with Caroline and I stood by her side, but everybody said, oh, being a dad is the best. It's just amazing. You're never going to believe it. There's nothing like it. And, you know, you're going to be there in the hospital and it's just going to change your life. And I would just look at him and I'd say, yeah, you know, I cannot wait. It's going to be awesome. And it's, I, I brought as much, you know, of myself into it as to, to be able to understand it, intellectualize it and picture myself there. And I'd practice, you know, I, not really, but um, I was getting myself ready for this experience. But I'll tell you what, when we were there in that delivery room that night, May 23rd last year and all of a sudden that, ooh, I can get emotional didn't expect this shouldn't have told this story (laughs) men don't cry yes they do Um, but when 
she arrived and she came and I saw this living little girl. I just had seen this tummy. This little girl, she gasped her first breath and she cried and I held her. I just melted. I mean, I was a puddle, guys. It was, it was one of those days. I just, I mean, it was uncontrollable tears. One of the greatest moments of my life. And something that somebody had told me about, something he said, this is going to happen. This is what it's like. And I understood it, I thought. But at that moment, I understood it because I was living it. And suddenly everything that I had thought about was my experience. And it overwhelmed me with joy and gratitude and love. And, and in fact, I can't even go on. It overwhelmed me in that moment because it was real. And I knew what it was like to be a dad. And I knew that I loved this one more than I loved any other one. And I knew, listen, you, it, just, it just happens. It's real. And the same thing is true with our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Until you experience it personally, you haven't experienced it. And you can hear about it, you can try to understand it, you can intellectualize it, but at the end of the day, it's meant for personal experience. And until you meet Jesus personally, until you receive from him his gift of life, until you experience him coming to you and offering to you forgiveness of your sins and restoration of your life and hope for living and hope for the future and the change of your heart and your life so transformational that everything is different from that point forward until you experience it you haven't experienced it but you're meant to experience it that's why he came that's why he lived to give you his righteousness that's why i died to take on your sin you are the one who crucified jesus it's personal your sin is on his shoulders. The wrath of God deserved to you is being poured out. He went to the grave so that your sin and your death and your old life could be put away. And he rose again with triumph so that you could have new life. This is about you. And yeah, you can understand it intellectually and there's a lot to understand. But at the end of the day, it's meant to be experienced personally. And when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, everything changed. Jesus is alive. He's risen. He's risen indeed. The grave didn't hold him. Neither did your sin. His grace, his love, his power is greater. And he stands before you today. He describes it as like knocking. And he wonders, what's that encounter going to be like? Will you receive him? Will you believe in him? Will you be forgiven? Will you be renewed? Will you be redeemed? Will he, you allow him to raise your dead life back to life and put himself in you, his spirit in you forevermore? I pray that you will. He's alive. You're the fifth person. He's alive and he comes to you. And I wonder today what your response will be. I pray today that like Mary, Thomas, Peter, and Paul, you will say, I've seen the Lord. And you will bow down and worship and say, my Savior and my God, you're all that I need. 
I don't deserve it, but I sure thank you for it. <laughs> because if you hadn't have done this, I would have no, nothing. But I believe, Lord, that you did do it so that I might have new life. Amen? We're transitioning now to baptism. And I can't wait because I don't know of any better way to help you see the new life of Jesus in a personal way than you hearing the stories of these who are about to be baptized. All of these guys, we've got all men today. Praise God. (laughs) All of these men today are coming before you to stand in line with Peter, Thomas, Paul, Mary, to say, I've seen the Lord. I've encountered the living Jesus. And I want you to know that perhaps the greatest testimony of the new life of Jesus is what he does in people's hearts and lives today who trust him. And if if nothing else, yet you would hear their story and realize he is alive because he's changed these men's lives. And so they're coming just to say, I've been forgiven, I've been redeemed, I've been freed, I've been saved. I've seen the Lord and I want you to know about it. And we're gonna celebrate with him because he's the giver of new life, amen? You'll see a video before each baptism. The video is the person who's about to be baptized and it's just a way for them to tell their story to you. We love you. Hey guys, my name's Jacob Hudson and I've been a member at ICC for probably seven months now. Uh, I uh, came to know Christ uh, just actually a couple years ago, even though I'd grown up in the church. Um, I thought I knew, I thought I knew him, I'd heard the gospel, uh, but I didn't really understand uh, what it meant. Um, I just kind of thought it was uh, a lot of rules and <laughs> a lot of things that I had to to live up to. And uh, I quickly learned that I, I couldn't live up to <laughs> the standards that I was taught that God had for me. I, I, I learned that I was actually a failure at that. And I kind of like let that rule my life. And um, through various trials in high school and, and going through addictions and, and just trying to make myself good enough for God, I realized I couldn't. Uh, and then uh, I was at this conference, uh, and because that my parents made me go to, and uh, I remember just sitting there, and this song was playing about being free from chains and how Christ was the only one that could can free you from that. And uh, I just remember thinking about all the, the stories I'd heard in the Bible about how people would uh, would have these these problems, these sicknesses, or, or or like the, the adulterous woman or, or just uh, Peter and all these people that when they encountered Christ truly, they, their reaction was they were humbled and like they got on their knees and, and, and couldn't even look at him. And they said, woe is me. And, and they might not even knew Christ uh, completely, but they knew that whatever, whoever he was and, and whatever he had for them was greater than what they could give themselves. And, and so like at that moment, like, I thought of all the things that I tried and how I failed. And then I thought of how Christ lived a perfect life and and kept the standards that God had for us. And then he died on the cross for me. Um, And then he 
not only died, but he he was res- he resurrected. He was resurrected uh, three days later, and he defeated uh, sin, and he defeated that, and he fulfilled all those expectations that I thought I had on myself. Um, and in that, uh, I was humbled, and I realized I couldn't do it. So I just remember like like thinking like, wow, like, I can't do anything, but Christ did. Christ did everything, and uh, what He did was enough, and what He did was what it took for me to be in a relationship with God, the one that I've been told about my whole life, but I never thought I could have, and so I believed in that, I put my trust in Christ, and that whatever He did, and, and that what He did was, was greater than whatever I could do for myself, and in that, my, my life wasn't... It wasn't completely changed, but it was a, a moment in my life where I knew I'd encountered Christ. And and I could see from that point on the fruit that came from that, from just trusting in what Christ had done and trusting in what He did and not what I could do. And I see I see that in my life now, just the fruit of that, just uh, the joy that comes now from getting to... Uh, it's not a burden to, to be good enough uh, because I know that even if I fail, that I'm loved, that that I am loved by God and that I'm in a relationship with Him that's not based on uh, my love for Him but His love for me. And that's when I truly encountered Christ. I'm here with Jacob. He is not only my brother but my friend and I've been so blessed uh, to know him and his awesome fiance Hannah and just to be a part of his life. Brother, it's my joy and privilege to baptize you on this Easter Sunday in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Buried with Christ in the baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Love you, brother. Love you. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm getting baptized today. Woohoo! Uh, my name is Ola. And I am part of the worship team here at ICC. You may see me on the drums every now and then uh, when you come to church and visit here. Um, But um, I just want to give a testimony of my uh, story and walk with Christ. Um, I grew up as a part of the church. There's there's no time I don't remember going to church at least a couple times a week. And uh, my parents are actually preachers. And uh, I know there's a stigma about uh, preacher's kids, but um, I had the benefit of being one of those um, kids who was just, um, who was not really forced into believing in Christ, but um, choosing Him for myself and um, just uh, sacrificing my life to Him and just getting involved in church. And um, that's how I got into playing uh, drums for the church. But um, I, w- I would say that there was not one miraculous moment in my walk with Christ that. Um, caused me to give my life to Christ, but, um, or I don't think that was the one huge moment that changed, um, my perspective or, or, uh, caused me to change, um, 
who I was, but it's more been a, a constant journey with Christ and uh, growing with Him. But um, having said all that, I think the uh, the main thing that I noticed after I gave my life uh, to Christ was just the inner peace that I had. Just knowing that I had someone um, who had my back uh, no matter what and who loved me regardless and in spite of all my uh, insecurities and all my um, all the the wrongdoings I, I had done. So I think that's the biggest thing I've experienced in my walk with Christ. And I'm so thankful that I had the parents that I had um, who let me experience it for myself and uh, didn't force me into um, the, the religion of church, I guess. But um, let me just um, love on him and get to know, know him as uh, a Jesus for myself. So um, I'm so excited to be finally uh, getting baptized. So, um, and... Uh, I encourage anyone who's kind of on the borderline thinking about doing it. Um, I know it may seem like a huge step, but um, we've been called to do it, and it's it's a great experience. And I think you. Amen. Ola, you have committed your life to Jesus Christ and been forgiven of your sins and raised to new life. Yes. Yes. And you're committed to live for Him the rest of your days. Awesome. I've been doing curls all week getting ready for this one. <laughs> I love you. It's my privilege, brother, to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Not yet. Just, I haven't braced myself just yet. Okay. But truly, it is my privilege. Buried with Christ in the baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. Love you. I love you. Hey, ICC. My name is Logan, and this is my testimony. I grew up in a church-going family, um, went to church from a very young age, and uh, came to know God and was saved when I was 13 years old. Um, from there, I really took off. I hung out with a ton of friends and just loved Christ as well. Um, throughout high school, we went on a ton of mission trips together and just really saw God and like had a blast together, and uh, everything was, was really great. Once I got to college, things dropped off a bit. I uh, didn't lose my faith. I still prayed sometimes. I opened my Bible every once in a while, but very rarely attended church, and overall was just very sedimentary as far as my seeking of Christ. Um, Looking back on it now, I think being stuck in neutral like that was probably the worst case scenario. I think if I had been uh, a little more rebellious, I probably would have fallen quicker and God would have been there to pick me up. Um, being stuck in neutral, who knows how long I could have uh, been in that stage. But thankfully, I found ICC. And since then, uh, I've been going here since last February. And uh, since then, everything's completely gotten back to my normal lifestyle, my normal attitude with God, and uh, I feel like my walk has really taken uh, probably the best step that it ever has, and uh, I'm so thankful for that. I feel like my faith is growing each week. I feel like um, as close to God as I ever really have. One of the most, I guess, dominant examples of that in my life uh, was when I took uh, national boards this past week. In the past, I think of tons of standardized tests as we all have over our lifetimes, and 
Um, I always, it always just freaked me out. It, it scared me. I got nervous. I got anxious. I let the, the formalities of the whole thing get to me. Um, and this one, arguably, was probably one of the biggest ones of my life. Uh, I really just called on God and felt like He was there with me every step of the way. I really, I didn't have any anxiety whatsoever throughout the whole, the whole process. And I felt like that experience, that encounter of Jesus, really just completely showed me what my faith can do and how. How just strong and how present God can be and how he can change things and um, it just blows me away. Um, love, love Jesus and uh, love all of you. Love you, Logan, and it's been a joy to get to know you as my friend and my brother. You have committed your life to Jesus Christ and forgive, received forgiveness of sins and new life. Is that right? Right. You committed to live for him as long as you shall live? Yes. Amen. Well, it is my joy to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Bear with Christ in the baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. Love you. I'm Ryan Black. I've um, been going to ICC for a few years now and um, sharing my story today uh, because I'm about to be baptized. Um, so as a kid, uh, never really grew up in church, uh, never really thought too much about religion in general. Um, if you would have asked me, I probably would have told you I was a Christian, but I honestly didn't know too much about it. Um, when I got to, as I started growing up, got to high school, uh, I started meeting more and more people who were, uh, were believers, and I was kind of interested, but... Um, wasn't really sure if it was something that, that I could ever do. I didn't. Um, I wasn't sure if I really could ever believe um, in something truly um, like God, uh, because I was always very concrete-minded. And so, for a long time, I just kind of put it out of my mind and just kind of, uh, you know, was always was always curious, but never really took any steps towards it. And uh, as I started getting more and more serious with uh, my now wife Megan, um, you know, it was clear that it was something that was very important to her. Um, we did some premarital counseling, which was really the first time that I had had any um, exposure to, I don't know, one-on-one exposure to kind of uh, someone who knew a lot about a lot about God. You know, we sat down with uh, her pastor Donna, and um, it was it was really interesting and kind of an eye-opening experience, and really kind of got me uh, moving in this direction even more. And then after we got married, and uh, she said, you know, it's really important to me that we go to church. I was like, all right, well, I'll try it out. I was pretty resistant to it for a long time, um, but started going to ICC with her. And, um, you know, one Sunday, sitting listening to the sermon, uh, back when Jeff was the pastor, um, about four Easter's ago, actually, uh, it finally just, just clicked with me that, you know, it's time to, to take this step and to uh, really commit myself honestly to, um, to give this a fair shot, to really uh, let God into my life. And so at that point, I kind of um, became more serious about it. And uh, as, I've, as I've learned more and grown more, I've been seeing more and more of the, the fruits of the Spirit in my life, kind of like they talk about in, uh, in Galatians, uh, peace, joy, kindness, um, self-control. And uh, every time I, I take a leap of faith and take a step closer to God, I'm, I'm so happy with the way it changes my life. And one thing that I've learned through this process um, that held me back for a long time, I always wondered, you know, am I, am I really a good enough person to... Uh, be a Christian or, um, you know, can I honestly commit to something like this? 
And one thing that I've learned is that, you know, you don't have to get to where God wants you to be before you commit to God. God meets you where you are and, and takes you where he wants you to be. And so you kind of, you have to make the, the first steps. And so today um, I'm, I'm taking the next step, uh, being baptized, and I'm excited to share my story uh, with everyone here. Thanks. Love you, brother. Megan and Will are here, and that's awesome. Uh, cool that on another Easter, four years later, uh, taking this step. I'm just proud of you. I just love you so much. Um, you've committed your life to Christ and received forgiveness of sins and his new life, yeah? I have. And you committed to live for him as long as you shall live. Yes. Awesome. Well, it's my joy to baptize you as my friend and my brother. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Bear with Christ into baptism. And raised to walk in newness of life. Amen. <laughs> Love you. These waters are not only for these who have come. And God's work in Jesus Christ and his life, death, and resurrection are not only for these who have testified. But they're also for you. And I pray more than anything this Easter that you would know that what Jesus has done, he's done for you. And you can encounter him in a personal way. Historical faith says Christ died. Saving faith says Christ died for me. Historical faith says Christ lives. Saving faith says Christ lives for me. And I pray that you would know today that Jesus is still alive and you can know him. You can meet him. He's willing to forgive your sins. He's willing to give you new life. He's willing to make his promises to you and to live with you forever. I pray that if you don't know Jesus in a personal way today, that through all these testimonies, through the truth of the word that has heard, and even now the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart, that you would come to Jesus. That you would come with saving faith and say, Lord Jesus, I know that I can't ever do it. See, Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. You can't ever do enough for God, but God, I believe that in your great love and grace, you've done everything for me. And Lord Jesus, I believe you and I receive you today. I come to you because I believe that you are the giver of new life. You can do that today. And if the Holy Spirit's working in your life, I just pray that you would come by giving your heart and life to Jesus Christ. If you're already a believer, I pray that you would feel so reassured in your faith today, so excited and energized and just pumped up that just like Mary, you can say, I've seen the Lord and you're ready to go tell some more people that you can remember that he does live He lives in you, and he will always live in you, and you will encounter him face to face one day. All of his promises are true. All of his future that he foretold is real. All of the hope is certain. Have assurance and certainty and joy and a new commitment of surrender today because he lives, and he is who he says that he is. Amen? Happy Easter. I want to ask Pastor Jordan to come because I'm sopping wet. You don't want to come to me wet. I'm going to ask Pastor Jordan to come and stand before you. I'm also going to ask our prayer counselors to come as we sing our closing response today. But as you stand, you can go ahead and stand now. I just pray that you would know that Jesus lives and he wants to encounter you 
Will you receive? Will you believe? For all who did receive him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Not born of the flesh, nor of blood, but born of God. Will you receive and believe Jesus today? You come if you need prayer. Come if you just need encouragement. Come if you want to give your life to Christ or to follow in baptism or to join a church. God is alive. Have a smile on your face because he loves you. Amen. Let me pray. God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit be working right now as we close our time together, that, Lord, you would speak to every heart in this room. Lord, we were created in your image, and you love each of us. You know us. You know even our brokenness and our sin, our inability, our frustration, our shame. You know us. And, Lord, you love us. While we were yet sinners, you gave your son Jesus to die for us, to take on our sin, to go to the grave with us. But, Lord, you rose him from the dead three days later and he lives today that we might have new life in you so lord in a personal way today for every person here i pray that we would come back to you that we would encounter you and that we would say in a new way lord i believe you i receive you i'm surrendered to you my hope is in you i trust you i will follow you i love you do you love me i love you lord jesus in jesus name we pray
transition now into continued time of worship and giving. So we've got offering volunteers that will be helping us out passing the offering. Just invite you to continue to worship in the spirit of giving to the Lord for he has given much to us. What a day, right? As the, as the offering goes by, you can, I think we're good multitaskers in the room. Um, I just want to thank you for being here. Oh my goodness, it's just been a great Sunday uh, just to be here with you, all of you, whether I know you or I don't know you. Thank you for being here. Um, we hope that this has been a place that's welcoming and warm and that you've been able to see really the love of Jesus in this place. Through people, through testimonies, through his word. We just, we're so thankful for today. If you're visiting with us or you're a guest, in your seat you'll probably find a little card. You're welcome to fill that card out as you leave. We've got some awesome ICC water bottles. We'd love for you to have one. That card isn't for us to sit and call you all times at night like telemarketers. It's just basically a card to help us know how we can better serve you as a church, especially if you're someone that's here in our area. If you live close or are in the area, you're a, a, a Memphian, please come back next Sunday. Um, we're going to have a great Sunday. This is... This is our church. You've got a front, up close and personal look at us as ICC, and we're so glad that you're here today. Um, you can learn more about us on our website. We have such a busy week coming up next week, and we're so excited about the things that we're doing. So many things that I couldn't even stand up here and say them all together, and we, we'd be here another 30 minutes. So just go on our website. You can look at some of the things we do in our community around the world way that we worship and fellowship together with one another. And again, we're so thankful to have you here. Just a quick reminder, if you didn't take pictures already with your family or people you care about, friends, you're welcome to do that after the service. Just a small thank you from us to let you commemorate the day today. They'll be up by 4 p.m. today. All right, church, y'all stand and we're going to sing our way out today. Sing this is amazing. 